Hello and welcome to the So She Travels podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Flipflop, here to interview today's most vibrant female travellers about the why, where and how of their travels. We're here to inspire you to see our world, to discuss the issues us women face travelling and to talk about a few of the more interesting ways you can do it. Each week we'll have a destination and a few topics and discuss. Join in the conversation on the hashtag SoSheTravels. Don't forget to press subscribe and if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and a review. Today's guest is Helen Davies, founder of the successful small group Africa tours at Rock My Adventure. She's also a travel blogger at helenandwonderlust.co.uk. Helen's love for Africa is unmatched by anyone I've ever met. If you want to know the best places on the continent to visit and how to do it, then read her blog. And if you want someone to experience it with, check out her tours. I recently travelled with Helen to Malawi, Zimbabwe and Zambia, and I can 100% confirm she is a great person to explore Africa with. I first met Helen in a bar in Dublin. We were at a travel blogger conference. Yep, I'm a travel blogger too. Check out my work at vickyflipfoptravels.com. Well, she came up to me, a little bit tipsy, telling me she loved my blog and thought that we would be great friends. Well, turns out she was right. Helen's zest for life is catching and she's one of my absolute favourite people. Her warmth and openness mean that she makes friends wherever she goes. And of course, her generosity meant that this whole 10-year African adventure of hers started with a volunteering project. A few days ago, we chatted over Skype about her tours, where to find the best food in Africa, how to choose an ethical volunteering project in a world full of voluntourism, and her intimate meeting with a hyena in Kenya. <laughs> Listen to today's So She Travels podcast for advice on female solo travel through Africa, what to expect from the nightlife and the toilets, and how everything Helen's done in life has led to this journey. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, you can find me at Vicky Flipflop on all the social media and Helen at Helen Wonderlust. Here she is. Ready! <laughs> Shall I use my voice, my broadcasting voice? Yes, you, okay. you use whatever voice you want. Okay. Hi, Helen. Hi, Vicky. Welcome to the So She Travels podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, I know I might have alluded to this, but I just want to make sure you and anyone listening knows how much I admire you um, in general, (laughs) but also for your dedication to traveling in and exploring Africa and sharing your love with others. Um, So, yeah, we both just made a cup of tea. And so I'd like to find out how a northern lass from Liverpool finds herself creating and running a successful tour company in Africa. So if we start with now, can you introduce yourself in your own words? Yes, yeah, so um, my name is Helen, as Vicky said. Um, I run the travel blog helenandwonderlust.co.uk and I also run a tour company called Rock My Adventure. Um, I run tours in Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Zambia, Botswana, Namibia, South Africa, Iswatini, Mozambique, Sierra Leone and Morocco. Oh my God, that is so many places. Um, (laughs) How long have you been running Rock My Adventure? Um, I started um, in 2016. So I've been running my blog since um, 2013. I've been traveling in Africa since 2009. um, And I ran my first tour um, to Kenya in 2016. It was meant to just be a one-off tour, um, something I did through my blog. Um, but it was really popular and then the following year I decided to run some more and then it just went from there. Wow that's so amazing what what is it about Africa that you love so much because you're sort of known in the travel blogging world as the Africa expert Um, what is it that just keeps you going back? I think um, it's just the combination of everything, really. So I really love the different cultures that you um, get to experience when you're in Africa. Um, You know, Africa is a very um, kingdom-like society. So, like, there's lots of different cultures within um, even one country. So it's very different wherever you go. Um, Lots of amazing traditions, some great food, despite... um, Thoughts to the contrary, there is really great food in Africa. Um, I love safaris, you know, the wildlife, the landscapes, um, the music. Um, and there's just so much to do and so many different things to do from mountains to safari to beaches, like 
places in Africa just have an abundance of all these things. Is there any um, particular country that's your favourite or is it just just love Africa? I'd say that my favourite countries were probably Malawi, Zambia and Tanzania. Uh, for me, uh, Malawi and Zambia, they're, they're quite similar countries in a lot of ways, um, but they're very friendly, very laid back. There's loads of really great things to do and they're not as um, kind of um, as popular with tourists yet as say like the likes of Kenya and Tanzania and South Africa. Um, but then Tanzania for me um, is, it's very, it's, you know, it's quite a popular destination, but at the same time, it there's a reason for that. It's because it has everything. Tanzania's got, you know, you've got Kilimanjaro, you've got the Serengeti, you've got the beaches, you've got Zanzibar, you've got the, the mountains. Like Tanzania really does have a lot of stuff and it's very, um, it's a great place if you love culture as well. There's a lot going on in Tanzania. So that's definitely up there as one of my Is favorites. that where you'd recommend sort of like beginners to Africa to go if they went? Um, Potentially, yeah. Tanzania is a great place um, to start, I think. Um, South Africa, if you don't want too much of a culture shock, probably somewhere like South Africa is yeah. a good place to start because, you know, it's very westernised. Um, you're going to get a lot of home comforts there um, as well. But Tanzania, otherwise, I think, yeah, Tanzania um, in East Africa is a great place um, to start, really. Mm, Tanzania was the first place that I went to. I actually won a tour from... Um, well, from Zanzibar to Nairobi, which was just absolutely incredible and made me love Africa. I think when I was younger, I'd always been fascinated by it and obviously all the animals and everything. But um, yeah, then I won this trip and just getting to see Zanzibar, like so beautiful, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, it's just that you see. It's so turquoise. Like yeah. it's just, it is really, really beautiful. And Zanzibar as well, I think is one of those places. It's It's a bit of a cliche, but it's a cultural melting part of different you know different cultures have come together to live on Zanzibar and it merges so effortlessly there's you know it's just a brilliant place like Zanzibar has in my opinion the best food in Africa it's amazing oh god I can't even remember what I can't remember what I ate there what's (laughs) what's so good about the food in Zanzibar I think I think it is definitely the fact that it's got influences from like um, India and Arabia as well. So you get all the spices that you get in kind of Indian cooking. It's not it's you know, the the curries and things aren't quite as strong as oh, you right. would get in um, on like in in India or wherever. But um, yeah, the food is really good and really flavorsome and really fresh. Usually you get really nice like biryani and nice fish. And... Oh, I do remember a lot of fish now, actually. Yeah, because you go out on the Dow, Dow boats, don't you? And then Yeah, yeah like it's a that. great place like for anyone who's into deep sea fishing. I mean, you're, you're pretty much like right in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So, you know, it's a great place for fishing and things like that. So obviously, you know, and that's one of the biggest industries in Zanzibar as well. So... Um, you get a lot of fishermen there and every day they're bringing in amazing um, fish to eat like I think one of the specialties is kingfish which okay. is particularly tasty it's a nice meaty fish nice so how did your um, in- interest in Africa start like did you go as a child or was it something you did in after after school or uni how did you how did you get started with Africa uh, no, I went to Devon when I was a child. I never went. I never went anywhere um, abroad as uh, up until I was about eighteen, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I initially started in about two thousand and seven or so. I started thinking about taking a sabbatical from work. I'd just gone straight from school to uni to working, and so I'd been working for a few years by then. I was just not really loving my job. Uh, I was working in sales and it wasn't really something I wanted to do. So I started thinking about traveling. Um, At the same time, I was kind of in that kind of mindset. Oh, you know, I don't really feel like I'm doing the best things that I could be doing for the world. And, you know, a bit bit of a dreamer, really. And so I started sponsoring um, a little girl who lived in Tanzania, as it turns out. That was just happened to be the place that um, that they they gave you know the sponsorship to yeah. um, when I applied to be a child sponsor 
so anyway, I started me thinking about um, going to Tanzania because I really thought it'd be great to go and meet her. Um, so this sabbatical, and this was all around the same time. So I started saving up to go, and my plan was to go in about 2009. Um, started saving up for maybe like a year and a half or so. Um, but at that same time, I started looking at Tanzania, and then I started to think, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? I re- you know, that'd be a great challenge. I could raise money for charity. Um, so it all just kind of snowballed from there, really. And then I, I finally went um, in May 2009. And, so what's, uh, what sort of age were you then? Just because it sounds like, well, sometimes I think people have this idea of volunteering that you have to do it when you're like 18 or after uni at 21. So it sounds like you're a little bit older. Yeah, I was 29 when I yeah. first went to Africa. I started right. in Zambia and then was, did a month volunteering there and then did a month volunteering in Tanzania, then climbed Kilimanjaro and then travelled around for the next part, um, the next few months down wow. to Cape Town. Wow, that sounds amazing. And so that really sparked your love then? <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. The minute, like literally the minute I got off the plane in Zambia and you know, I was met at the airport because I was doing a volunteer program. So someone picked me up at the airport, someone who I'm still very good friends with to this day. And she still lives in Zambia. Um, and the minute I was in the taxi going to where we were staying, I was just like, yeah, I made the right decision. I knew that I was scared before I went. But the second I touched down, it just felt right being there. And then every single day I had so many amazing experiences. And just from there, just my love of Africa grew and yeah, the more I travelled, the more I discovered and the more I loved it. And even now, the more places I travel, the more places I want to go and the more things I discover. With your volunteering, you went with a company. Which company did you go with? Um, The company that I went with was actually called The Book Bus. Um, They still operate today. Um, I think they, they still have their projects in Zambia and I think they also operate in Ecuador and Malawi um they don't do as much volunteering as they used to they've kind of taken a slightly different direction but they do st- still do some volunteering um for a few months of the year it's like a basically they're a mobile library and what they do is they go around to different schools in the area and just take the children for like um literacy and um comprehension classes so you read books with the kids it's not very distracting it's not taking jobs away from anybody else it's one of those um projects it's like a really good addition to what the kids learn in school rather than taking something away from the local community right yeah because that's what I wanted to ask about I feel like now there is quite a lot of negative connotations of against like volunteering in Africa and some projects might not be as good for locals as they kind of claim to be so I wondered if you had any advice on um, like how to pick a volunteering project and what sort of things to look out for, how to find a reputi- reputable company? Yeah, I think now it does really have a, a bad reputation. And a lot of um, a lot of people are now calling it voluntourism because it's not mm. really, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of volunteering projects um, will serve the volunteer a lot more than they will help the local community. So like you say, you do have to be really, really careful about the different types of projects that you're signing up for um, I think the best thing to do um, to find a good volunteer um, project is to ask around like ask in Facebook groups ask people that you know who may have done some volunteering before I think after you've done a volunteering project you kind of get a good feeling as to whether that volunteer project was um, a worth the money and b helpful to the community kind of I know lots of people who've gone to do volunteering projects and then you know a few days or a few weeks in they're like oh I really understand I'm actually not helping I'm sitting at the back of a classroom just watching a teacher teacher not really helping and not doing anything yeah some Um, of them are so expensive aren't they yeah a lot I think a lot of the costs really go to kind of like the admin um that happens you know in in the UK or the US or wherever it is that the office is based so I think it's good to kind of look at um, projects that where a lot of your donation does go to the local community. Jimmy and Helen um, have just been to Malawi, Zambia and Zimbabwe in September um, we were there for the Lake of Stars Festival. There's quite a lot of festivals in Africa, isn't there? I was just there um, had an email today about another one in Ghana, actually. Um, would you recommend travelling to Africa for the festivals? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many great festivals in Africa and um, different types of festivals, too. So there's some that are more kind of culturally focused. There's lots of music festivals and things like that. I think going to Africa, um, to any country in Africa at the time when there's a festival on is always quite a unique experience. It's very different from um, if you're just traveling there. Otherwise, obviously, a festival brings together a lot of people yeah um and so it makes it quite quite a special experience and if you've been traveling around on your own the likelihood is that you will meet a lot of people that you've seen elsewhere at the festivals too um there's quite a few great festivals to go to um as as you said we went to lake of stars that was a really great one i also went to another one in malawi called the sand festival um i believe there was a festival just after we were there um that took place in a refugee camp um, there's in up in Kenya, there's the Lake Takana Festival, which brings together around 13 different tribes from northern Kenya. And they all get together and show their um, culture to each other and to any visitors to the festival, too. And it's meant to bring like unity to to the area. So, you know, there's loads of different festivals you can go to. And I think, yeah, definitely. If you can get to an African festival, go because they're so much fun. Do any of your tours go to them? Uh, yes, they do. So um, I this year I've got um, a Malawi festival happening around the same time as Lake of Stars. It's not actually oh, right. included in the in the actual tour, just in case some people aren't really into festivals. I didn't want to kind of like exclude them. But then at the same time, it's right next to it. So that if people want to tag it on to the trip, they can. Oh, um, cool. I think. Yeah, I thought I thought it would just be a nice thing to do. And then um, also as well, I think in the future, I will include some some more festivals um, in the programme or at least do like I've done with the Malawi trip and put them very close so people can um, experience that if they want to. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I definitely recommend going to a festival um, in Africa with Helen because <laughs> she, she just knows so many people there as we were even well even not at the festivals even just like say when we were in Livingstone just walking around it was basically like walking around with a celebrity because so many people know Helen from all her well your years of traveling there and then your years of touring there um also it's not just the locals I noticed as well so me and Helen were there for about three weeks and um people would come up to Helen in the hostel or they they knew her from her blog um, because her blog is such a bible for anyone planning a trip to Africa so um, it was sweet it was sweet like seeing the people come up to you and amazing that you'd inspired them so much to travel oh yeah it's, re it's really nice like whenever um, you know obviously it's really nice when people read your blog for a start yeah, but then you to happen to bump them. into them like it's really cool um, just to and just say hi and then you know and then I can be of help in person as well if they've got any questions yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so, like the real person behind the blog. It's cool. Um, wow. So can you tell us about some of the coolest adventures you've had in Africa? I was reading your about page and um, obviously you've climbed some of the mountains and seen some incredible animals. Which what do you think is like the most coolest, most amazing adventure you've had? Oh, that's a really tough one. Um, I definitely say climbing Kilimanjaro. I yeah. still to this day feel that that is my greatest achievement are you about such. to do it again as well yeah I'm doing it again in about a month but oh. I'm 10 years older this time I'm probably a lot less fit so we'll see how that goes but I'm doing it over a slightly longer time this time oh I was gonna say how long does it take to get to the top um it, it's, it depends really you can do it over five days or you can do it up to like nine or ten days so the mm. first time I did it I did it in six days um but I ended up I did it on my own I didn't have a group I just signed up for a trip but I thought I was going to be placed with a group and I actually wasn't it was just me and the guides which was great my guides and porters were like lovely um but there was no one else really there was no like another girl that you know that I could hang out with in the evenings or you know if I needed the loo or anything like that so I was kind of a bit on my own it was a little bit lonely but it was really good um, but yeah, so I did that one over six days. I ended up getting to base camp a day early. Um, the plan was that I would attempt the summit that night. And if I failed, I would try again the next night when I was supposed to do it. But when I got there on the, the day early, I was just too exhausted. So I just rested for 24 hours and then started the um, ascent to the summit on exactly when I was supposed to. Um, made to the summit. And then instead of coming down over two days... 
I was just like, get me the hell off this mountain. So I walked <laughs> the whole way, I walked from oh base God. camp up to the summit and then right down to the bottom um, in one, in like, a, like a day. So um, that took me six days. Then on the climb that I'm doing in a month's time, um, I am doing it over eight days this time. So, and a slightly different route. I'm doing the Lamoso route this time. Last time I did Machame. Um, Lamoso is similar. It's very beautiful, a bit quieter than Machame, but joins onto Machame like halfway through. So, um, so yeah, it'd be nice to go back and retrace my steps. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I fancy that. <laughs> I feel like it's... Oh. A lot of people's big like travel goals to climb Kilimanjaro. It's one that's often put on bucket lists, isn't it? But you would love it, Vicky. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that you would day. absolutely love it. You'd smash it. I've been hiking with you before, and you are a very good hiker, so mm. you'd love it. Um, in terms of like other experiences, because there's there's just literally so many. Um, I'm just trying to think. So probably the other experiences. I mean, some of them are quite obvious. So um gorilla trekking yeah in uganda was amazing i've done that a couple of times um and we we go there on my uganda tour that's amazing um i think probably another one is last year no sorry the year before with my uganda group we climbed mount nyuragongo in the congo um which we're hoping to do this year if the varunga park opens again and the the most amazing thing about that is when you get to the top there's an active live lava lake so you literally are staring into a volcano which is really cool and it glows red and oh wow that's and it, amazing yeah that that was an amazing experience like out of this world um and then i think so there's literally so many other things i could say but i'd say maybe um i love going on safari in Botswana and Zambia uh, mm. just the elephants there are amazing especially in Chobe National Park in Botswana elephants are amazing like we were driving this year, last year on my um, Zambia Malawi trip we were driving through Chobe National Park and as we were driving literally all of a sudden these elephants appeared and there was hundreds just all together and we wow. drove through them obviously very slowly and yeah. um, but they were just all around us and um, it was so magical. It was like being in a swarm of elephants and they weren't bothered by us in the slightest and it was just magical. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. How many <laughs> um, um, safaris do you think you've been on in life? Oh, um, probably, oh God, I don't know. I'd say maybe like 40 or 50. Wow, that's cool. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I've been to like so many parks and I've been to a lot of them a few times as well so it's not um I've been, I think I've been the Serengeti six times wow have you ever felt um intimidated or scared by any of the animals or anything um the only time and it, I don't think it, this was even that bad but um not not on safari like I'm not you know the animals you know you think oh you know lions are going to come at you but most of the time they're pretty docile it's very yeah. you know you don't really see them doing a lot all the time occasionally you see a hump but they're not focused on you they're focused only on like whatever it is they're chasing yeah um, but the only time was I think was a couple of years ago I was in the Serengeti with my group and um, we were camping we went we were camping in the middle of the Serengeti but not completely wild we we're on a campsite but the campsite wasn't fenced anyway as we, we were sitting up and we were having a few wines in the evening um, by the campfire and we could see a lot of eyes around us you know if you shone your torch like the eyes would glow oh, um, and sometimes it was zebras but you could you can tell hyenas they're, they're very easy to spot I think now like I can spot a hyena from quite a long way off in the dark because you can just tell by the way they move and things like that in their eyes and um, anyway so they were we knew they were all around our camp but didn't think much of it um, then we all went to the bathroom in a group. Hyenas aren't particularly dangerous to humans unless kind of like you were in the middle of somewhere on your own, which would be very unlikely. Yeah. So anyway, we all um, we all went to the bathroom, brush our teeth, you know, before bed and everyone else left. And I was just in the bathroom and I walked out and then there was a hyena there. Right. It was walking past as I came out the bathroom oh, and we both kind of looked at each other. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. Um, I wasn't I wasn't scared, but I was just thinking, this is weird. Like he looked at me and I looked at him and we were both like, oh. Um, so I was just like, okay. And I just kind of walked slowly back 
into yeah. the into the bathroom and just like kind of waited till he'd gone past. But you know, if I'd have like shouted, he would have run off because hyenas are very skittish. But yeah, it was it wasn't scared. It was just a bit bit strange. Yeah, just a bit close, I guess. Yeah, it was just a bit weird. Like oh. Um, so obviously on your blog you give out lots of advice about Africa and I'm going to assume that one of the top questions you get is about safety in Africa what um, sort of advice do you give for that yeah so yeah that is definitely a question that I get asked quite a lot Um, I sometimes get guys asking me that but it's it's mostly um, solo females who ask me that question I'd say it's slightly more than the guys Um, yeah I think safety is a big question for people I think because a lot of what you see on the news is is bad stuff um you know that's just the way it's always been it's like Paul Theroux said um all news out of Africa is bad it made me want to go there you know it's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to go there because I thought well realistically I think most places that you are likely to visit as a tourist um are relatively safe you know like bad stuff happens wherever you go in the world you know it can happen in Africa it can happen it can happen down you know in Liverpool or London you know things happen and I think the main bit of advice that I usually give to people is um you know is be aware when you're um going out at night you know like if you're in a bar or anything like that like you would at home like make sure that you don't put your drinks down things like that don't get too drunk because obviously that's when things can happen and people can take advantage um then the other thing as well is you know walking at night um africa is quite a dark place in general there's not the street lighting that you see elsewhere but you know that's kind of a common sense thing don't walk by yourself alone at night and if you are going to walk somewhere walk in a group if it's safe but i usually um i think it's definitely worse whenever you get to a new place is asking wherever you're staying like your um hostel or hotel or host whoever just ask them what it's like in the local area they're going to give you the best advice because they don't want you to anything bad to happen to you so you know they will tell you you know if you need to take a taxi after dark take a taxi they can always find you a reputable taxi driver who will be there to pick you up and and take you wherever you need to go yeah Um, I remember that um that hostel in uh Victoria Falls in uh, in Zimbabwe and they gave us a the hostel gave us a phone to phone them didn't they to come pick us up I thought that was amazing yeah that was amazing I've never had that anywhere else apart from a really posh hotel I stayed at in Stonetown in Zanzibar that was like that and then somebody walked because it's not really a taxi type of place um especially in the old medina type bit um yeah and then someone came and met you but yeah i thought that was really great that they gave us a little mobile phone to, yeah. to like a yeah. little bat phone to ring yeah, okay. you know it was great like if you're on safari um that's another thing as well like i think realistically you know always listen to your guides they're going to give you the best safety advice um, I don't I don't 100% know whether it's true, but I've heard stories about people who, you know, somebody who took their sleeping bag and their mat, roll mat out of their tent in the middle of the Serengeti and decided to sleep under the stars and then their oh arm God. got bitten off by a hyena. Oh um, I've never had anybody substantiate that, but all the guides tell you it's true. So I presume there's some element of truth in there. But anyway, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And your guides will tell you not to do that. It's just... It's very much like common sense, just being aware of your surroundings um, and not putting yourself in that danger. Yeah, definitely. I think I, so I was totting it up last night and I've spent about three months in Africa in total, which is obviously nothing compared to you, but it's still like a good, a good amount of time in about nine countries. And I think like people ask me about the safety as well. And I think, as you said, like it's, it's the same everywhere. Like there's always going to be dangerous things and there's always going to be times when you need to take a bit better care of yourself and as you said I think one of the things in Africa is just being out at night because it is so dark and there's the animals as well as the humans to be scared of yeah I guess one of the things that people will comment on with traveling in Africa is especially being a female traveler is just getting looked at a lot by men and maybe propositioned but in my experience like we I mean we did get a lot of men talking to us but it's more just a friendly curiosity not like I, I never felt threat, threatened and I never felt like anyone was gonna do anything bad I mean sometimes it obviously did get annoying remember when we were sat outside that um yeah. on that first night oh that was in Victoria Falls as well and we were sat outside yeah, yeah. Hostel, you... and this man came over and was talking to us for about 20 minutes about women's rights and feminism and how he believed in it all but basically like 
ignoring the whole crooks that you need to actually listen to women. I don't think he let us get a word in. <laughs> but I didn't, he didn't mean anything bad. He just just wanted no. to, you know. Yeah, I think, to be honest, it's, yeah, you do get that a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like, you do get um, a lot of people who want to kind of talk to you or chat you up or whatever. But it's more it's more annoying than it is um, anything else. I think, you know, some guys are genuinely nice and they're, and they're, you know, become great friends. And then you get some who, you know, are a little bit annoying and maybe slightly on the virgin on the creepy side of things. Um, but, yeah it's rarely kind of with any malice or anything yeah. like that but I think I you do really. have to be aware of that because there are those guys they're like you know they're everywhere you know um yeah. it's not just Africa you get that in a lot of countries that you go to um you know even at home it's just you know there's people like that everywhere so um yeah most of the time I agree I think it's just a friendly curiosity yeah. um maybe with the slight hope that they might be able to chat you up as well but that's about it. What would you say to any females who want to travel Africa solo? What advice would you give? I'd say do it. Um, I think, yeah, traveling in Africa is is a great thing to do. Um, you know, you, it's a bit different from, say, somewhere like um, Southeast Asia. For me, Southeast Asia, I traveled in Southeast Asia after I traveled in Africa. And I much preferred traveling in Africa than I did to Southeast Asia just because I felt like there was a slightly different I don't know I think maybe because Africa was the first place I went to um and I was really just really in awe of it um then Southeast Asia I I enjoyed it but I just found and I probably you can probably totally avoid this but obviously at the time I didn't really know any better I was a bit younger um I just found it very party-ish in a lot of places um, which I really enjoyed but yeah. it got you quite exhausting I do Hi. love to party I know but not too you know not too much it gets a bit exhausting I don't know I just found um Africa to me was more my kind of place like I like the mix of um you know the safaris and then uh the beaches and then a bit of partying but not always it was just I think it was just my more my kind of place but yeah no I definitely tell people to do it just I think it's different from Southeast Asia I think it's Southeast Asia it's like very easy to find like a buddy or two buddies and literally like just buddy up and then you all go everything's kind of a bit more fluid I think like and people right. do tend to it's easy to find like travel buddies to travel around with for like two months whereas I find like in Africa I, t- I tend to find a lot of people have their own kind of set agenda and right. you know some people aren't as planned out but people like I write it's, it's very bucket listy people like I want to go here then I want to here so like you often tend to meet people for a few days and then you go your separate ways you might meet up again somewhere else but everybody can be on slightly different there's not quite the abundance I'd say of backpackers in Africa but then you know so you might end up taking the long journey by yourself like I I've taken I've met loads of people in hostels but then still taking you know like a long 12 13 hour bush journey to the next place on my own and then had to make new friends at the next place um instead of um you know, instead of having a buddy to always travel around with, which I, which in Asia I found very easy to always have somebody with me. Um, And that's partly one of the reasons why I started my tours, because, you know, especially for people who want to do a bit of kind of a backpacker style trip, you know, you don't want to spend all your time um, trying to organise safaris or trying to meet friends and do, you know, like, it just makes it a little bit more hard work. So I thought, well, why not put together these group trips where I can just provide the buddies, organize everything for people, and then they can just go for like two weeks, still have a similar backpacking, flashpacking experience that I have when I travel for a long time, but over a short period of time. Yeah, I really liked it when um, I came out to meet you. And well, basically, you organized a lot of things. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't on a tour. You weren't you were actually like on holiday time. Yeah. But it was just good having someone to organise things and that knew the best uh, safaris to do and knew what was what. It just made it so that I could enjoy it a bit more. I think because I'm not as familiar with Africa as I am Asia. It, it was just nice to have someone to organise things and that I could trust and that knew what was going on, really. I, yeah, I like I think after, you know, when you've been travelling a long time, like I guess like we have, sometimes it's quite nice 
to not be on your own and not yeah. to have to make new friends all the time especially as you get older and you know a lot of like I sometimes find like the backpackers and um, that you meet are a bit younger so it's quite nice sometimes to just have that kind of group to just to bond with and you know it's kind of like backpacking but without as much effort on your part yeah I, I presume people on your tours must um bond quite quickly and get on really well yeah yeah they do they do because you're in that situation most people who come on my tours um have never been to Africa before or they may have been like on different types of tours or then I get the, I get quite a few who come back on other tours as well who've been before um so yeah it's always a different group dynamic it's like um a really nice kind of moment in time when you've this specific group of people traveling together you know and and it, it, it's lovely and yeah usually everybody like bonds pretty quickly over you know I usually throw everybody straight in the deep end and we're normally doing some activities within the first day or two of of people arriving oh, so cool. yeah so people tend to bond over the you toilet a lot they what sorry <laughs> they bond over the toilet like yeah, you know if you're going on safari or something and you you've only been in Africa for two days and you need a wee when you're on safari and you have to go in the bush that tends to make people bond very quickly do people are people okay with that they accept it <laughs> yeah most people are fine with it you know sometimes people get a bit of stage fright but they get over it <laughs> um you've had a few of your friends on your tour and your husband went on one of your tours how did they how did they find it yeah so they they loved it um yeah i've had my husband came on um, to Namibia um, last year and his brother also came at the time of his life he said um, our friend Brenna um, came on the tours as you know and she loved it as well um, yeah I think people tend to to really enjoy the tours it's like the feedback I get is great so um, must be doing something right um, and they're just always really they're just always really fun we just spend a lot of time just like even when we're not doing something specific like we're not on safari or we're not you know hiking up this or going on a bike ride like we're just sitting around like laughing and joking together you know at the hotel or the guest house and um yeah and then you, you always have kind of like your jokes from the trip that kind of oh, yeah a bit of trip bands yeah trip bands <laughs> that's exactly it yeah and, and uh, you know, it must great. it must be nice for everyone as well like I remember that first trip to Tanzania and just sitting around the tent and you've got a few savannah ciders on the go and you're away from all the all the England and all the sort of, you know, cosmopolitan cities and everything and you're just outside amongst the animals in the fresh air. It's just it's just cool, isn't it? It's just cool in Africa. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like, and I always make sure I've got a box of red wine on hand or Ooh. a bottle of Amarula, you know, just in case anyone Ooh, Amarula. Post safari tipple, and by the way, I like the way you called it the England, <laughs> away from the England. The England. <laughs> um, so you've been home for a while now. What about six weeks? That's a long time for you, isn't it? Back in England. Uh, yeah, maybe longer. Like no, two months. Two months I've been home. What What are you missing, if anything? What are you missing about Africa? Um, the weather. <laughs> I'm missing the sunshine. Although saying that, like. People always assume that Africa is really sunny and really hot, and it's not. It's, like, often really cold, especially, like, when you're on safari in the early mornings and the evenings, it's freezing. Like, when we were in Namibia, honestly, it was, like, December um, in England. It was freezing in some places. Um, Yeah, so I miss that. But one thing that I really, really miss um, when I'm home is I really miss the music, um, oh, like yeah. when I'm in Africa, like I mean, as you've as you've alluded to, um, I do like to party occasionally, um, and the music, especially especially when you're in like um, East Africa, like when you're in Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, and you hear a lot of like um, Tanzanian music, like bongo flavour. I really miss hearing that music. I've got, I mean, I've got it on my iPod or phone or whatever, but. Um, I miss hearing it on the radio and I miss hearing it. I don't go out that much in England anymore, but um, when I do go out, you don't hear that kind of music and it's so good. I love it um, in my experience of where I've been in Africa and particularly when we were just in Malawi, like when you go out at night and the music plays, like people dance, they don't just like go from foot to foot like they do in England. They're like all over the dance floor, dancing around, busting some shapes. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, like everyone, everyone dances. All the guys dance too, which I love. Like you know, yeah. You know, that's the one thing that, like, I, mean, I think nowadays, like, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I don't really go to clubs, and I haven't done for a long time. But um, in England, but yeah, you know, from what I remember, like it was, it was normally the girls dancing and the guys kind of like standing around. Whereas, Pumping. yeah, you go to Africa, and everybody's dancing. Like I've been to clubs in. Um, in Zanzibar and you're there and like you know you've got people doing routines um like almost like a line dance but like a cool kind of African version of a line dance you know that happens a lot there's a club in Nungui called Coco Bello and on a Sunday and Wednesday night they um Nungui's in Zanzibar sorry and they yeah that you often find people doing a bit of line dancing type thing there or or people like having like dance-offs and stuff like that in Arusha you go out you'll see um often like some of the dance crews that are there like we'll start having like um a bit of a dance off and there's some of like you see some of the tourists trying to have a go I mean normally they can't compete but some nice. some of them are pretty good and then you know you get people who were dance in dance crews and they're they're still into dance and they're doing it too it's great yeah it's so cool I love the whole um yeah just the culture it's just so different isn't it and just so fun and I think very vibrant the, yeah one of the things with going on holiday or going on a tour there is just to, I think you need to relax, just relax into it. I think some people, when they think of Africa or when they travel there, and I did as well, like sort of have my back up or I'm a bit on guard or I think something's going to happen. And like, as long as you just like, as we've said, anything can happen anywhere. And I think you just need to relax, enjoy it, enjoy attention, enjoy people wanting to talk to you, enjoy the whole experience and just not, not clam up and be scared of anything but just go for it I think with Africa just like yeah throw yourself into it yeah definitely I mean there's so you know there's so much to do and like I think a lot of people are quite afraid of kind of experiencing that but you really shouldn't be like just yeah like you say relax and get into it you know I I think you see a lot of people they just go to Africa and they all they think is go on safari wear khaki and that's about it that's all I can do and they kind of like go to Africa in this almost like a bubble or they join like a tour that has no interaction or anything and you're just like going along in some private tour vehicle and never talk to anyone or do anything for yourself but from traveling a bit with you and hearing about your tours and stuff it sounds like you actually get to interact with people you'll meet like actual locals you'll do things for yourself you'll meet people and stuff and you'll have like more of a I guess overused word but authentic experience where you'll actually interact with people and get to know Africa in your own way rather than being shown it you'll get to experience it would you agree yeah I mean that's exactly what I try and do with the tours so yeah there's definitely there's I mean there's different types of tours you you know there's and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with going um you know and just going on safari and going there being looked after driven around and off you go that's fine if you want to do that you do that you know uh you do you girl and all that but for me for me um, just a bit (laughs) what's that no judgment um but for me um yeah that's not really that's not the way I like to travel I like to go out and to to experience the nightlife I like to go to the local market and have a look around you know be you know being respectful I'm not there to be a voyeur like I'm yeah. I want to go and experience what that's like I go I buy stuff from the markets you know um it's just a different way and I try and incorporate that into my tours as well so you know and over the years I've met a lot of people who've become my friends um some of them run businesses so you know I I will work with them on the tours um you know I like to support social enterprise um and do various things there like when we're in um uh the Maasai Mara I have friends now because I've been there that many times I'm friends with the people who live in the Maasai village next door to the camp where we stay like they invite me around to their house for tea um even when I'm not on a tour or anything like that I'm just invited as a guest um which is really nice and you know I take my um I take my groups there as well like and they don't have to like I'll sometimes after we've finished with the village visit like the kind of like um you know what like the normal village visit my friends will say does anyone want to come back to our house for tea and we you usually go back and we have tea and maybe some chapatis and things like that and you know I take um 
I take the groups out to um, the township um, next to the Maasai Mara, which most tourists won't go to. Most people go to the Maasai Mara, go on safari and stay in a safari camp, and that's about it. Right. I like to take people into the township, and we like go where all the people who live in the township would go out for dinner and and have a drink there. Uh, and it's just a nice experience, really. It's just it's different. Yeah, sounds amazing. So it absolutely blows my mind how you used to work. So you used to work running events for a cereal company. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to say it. And then now you run tours in Africa, and you take groups of people to different countries and show them the highlights like I just think it's amazing I don't understand how yeah I guess I just don't understand how how you do it (laughs) and like (laughs) (laughs) um I think it's just a combination of experiences really like I've always been one of those people who didn't really feel like I was that great at anything if you know what I mean I'm one of those all-rounder type people so I kind of you know, when I was at school, um, I was really into drama, which is what I did at university. And then I worked as like a theatre and education performer um, after I left uni for a little while. Then I started, uh, I did, as part of that, I also did some kind of like training with people, like running training courses, um, but more with a kind of like drama edge to them. Um, and then, so, you know, you get with that kind of thing, you get very used to like reading people people and being um around people and being personable I guess um and then I from there I went on to work for Kellogg's I I can say it um the cereal company and I was in customer services then sales that was the job that I wanted I mean I enjoyed I enjoyed the people working with the people I worked with and I learned a lot of valuable business skills in that role but um but yeah, it just wasn't for me at that time. Um, so then that's obviously when I went traveling and then I started getting into Africa and doing the volunteering. So I, doing all those kind of things and traveling, I got very, um, I got to very, what's the word? I, I got to know the countries that I went to pretty well. And right. you know, I've always been quite open and friendly and, and meeting people for me has always been really easy. Yeah, you're never so struggled. good at that. You're yeah, so good at meeting struggled. people and chatting to people and just like... Yeah, just being best friends with someone within like 10 minutes of meeting them. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I think more so even when I'm traveling. I think when, you know, when I'm at home, I like, it's not the, it's not quite the same because you don't meet people as in the same way. But traveling, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm very open when I'm traveling. And yeah, I meet people and become friends with them quite quick. And then I came back um, and then I was working as a youth worker for a while, organizing various um, like volunteering projects for kids to do and looking after children um, and working with them who had um, behavioral problems at school. Um, so very used to kind of like organizing things and and working with people. That's always been one of the things I always enjoyed doing. Um, and then from there, I went back to Kellogg's again in a different role in marketing in a job that I really did enjoy um but then i uh left there to go and run tours in africa for the for a company that um had organized the book bus I actually went and worked for them and um, oh, yeah. running book bus projects for them in malawi and zambia which kind of that was giving me probably gave me the skills i guess to do the tour leader yeah um tight role because that's what I was doing effectively I was uh, managing the volunteer project but we were moving from place to place so I was the tour leader managing budgets managing different currencies managing the group and the group dynamics that kind of thing anyway then I went home went back to Kellogg's um, again and then I got um, a lady who I'd worked with as a youth worker she offered me a role in a social enterprise charity um, and there I was recruiting volunteer mentors for businesses so that gave me kind of that was around the same time it was 2012 2013 that's when I started my blog right because I was around a lot of entrepreneurs who were really inspiring me to to do something different and um, so right. I started my blog I didn't really start it as a business like I didn't really turn it into a business for about three or four years really um but I was around those people and they did inspire me um, and then I went back to Kellogg's again in the last role I was in and I was working on like on promotions so running competitions that type of thing which I'd been doing before I yeah. left the previous time um, and then my last job was running events so it was experiential marketing so like 
for instance, as you know, when we we went to the festival in Spain, Vicky, we yeah. um, festival BBK. called BBK. Me and Vicky were there, and um, I was there because I um, Pringles, who was also part of Kellogg's, they organised events at festivals and things like that, um, and I used to do that, and I used to organise roadshows. So logistics have always been. Um, one of my strong points and that's one of the things that allows me to do the tours is um, I've got quite strong experience in logistical planning and event planning it's amazing Um, when you look back on like your life your career and you think all the things that you picked up from all those different jobs and all those different opportunities and they've like culminated in this and then yeah they've all led up to this it's amazing isn't it yeah it's weird experiences so have hope for anybody who really doesn't know what they want to do when they're younger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would never think that you'd you never know. do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I, do you know what? I wouldn't have. If you'd have told me, like, even three years ago that this yeah. is what, or maybe not three years ago, maybe four years ago, that this is what I would be doing now um, full time, I'd be really surprised because I had no idea that that's where my future lay. But I absolutely love what I do now. Yeah, it's amazing. So what's the plans for 2019 then? More more tours, more fun? Yeah, more tours, more fun, definitely on the agenda. Um, I'm just um, finalising the last couple of tours for 2019. I've got a new one for Botswana that I'm launching in the next few days. And then I've got another one for Malawi, which will be great. It's a Malawi-only tour. Um, then that'll be 2019 um, kind of sorted out. And then I start working on the 2020 dates, which will be oh, wow. released shortly as well um, I'm always just um, kind of working on new tour ideas I basically want the tours that I, I'm running I want them to, they're very different from any other tour that you find so I'm always looking I spend like half my life researching really cool things to do and really cool places to go to and kind of incorporating them into the tour so yeah so there'll be more of that I'm going to be leading quite a few of the tours this year um I hope to take on more tour leaders um that would be great so that I could expand um take on some people to help me with admin and things like that that would be great um and that's pretty much it really so just making the tours bigger and better continue working on my blog and going on lots of adventures sounds fun so is there anything else you want to share with us any tidbits of advice for Africa or your blog um I think my best advice is just go for it um don't be scared about Africa it's an amazing place to travel the only problem is that once you've been to Africa you get quite hooked on Africa I find a lot of people like this is where I was meant to be you know (laughs) it's it's very much it does really suck you in I think um and you'll absolutely be in love with it so yeah just do it Oh, thanks so much for joining me, Helen. And if you've got any questions for Helen, you can tweet her at Helen Wonderlust. And of course, go and check out her blog, helenandwonderlust.co.uk. Okay, thanks, Helen. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. So that was a super quick look at an entire continent, but hopefully we've persuaded you to look a little bit further into it. I'll put Helen's details in the show notes and all her tour information too. And make sure to check out her blog for more advice on Africa if you're planning on going independently. If you've enjoyed the podcast and have a spare few minutes, please leave a review and send me a tweet at Vicky Flipflop using the hashtag SociTravels to let me know in some way. If you know of any adventurous females you think would be great for this podcast, then let me know that too. Definitely doesn't have to be a travel blogger. Okay, until next week, happy travel planning. Quarry. That's that's goodbye in Swahili.